Here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Well, Northlanders, it has happened. As we uh, had heard yesterday, there was going to be a vote taken today to try to remove Minnesota's own Elon Omar, you know, our uh, uh, Somali Muslim who has been very critical of Israel, has uh, talked about uh, Israel being controlled by the Benjamins, you know, the dollars, those kinds of things. And now she's claiming, oh, I didn't know that was negative things I was saying. I didn't know at all. Well, she has been removed from the House committee. She was voted off 218 to 211. She is no longer on the House Foreign Affairs Committee. And as we do a couple of, well, we've done it uh, three or four times uh, up till now. We've been uh, talking with uh, a longtime friend of mine. In fact, actually, he played baseball for me many, many years ago, Jeff Kazel, who's a retired Duluth police officer. And he's now with the American Red Cross. And uh, Jeff, normally we talk to you about things that are happening that have a connection uh, to the military and things that Red Cross or American Red Cross is doing there. But uh, what would you like to highlight today, Jeff? Well, hey, thanks, Brad. Uh, let me first uh, say I was listening to your show earlier today, and I'll be honest with you, I was getting a little bit depressed with the uh, the talk about the fee increases. So uh, how would you oh, like to I talk know. about something something positive and totally free. How about that? Yes, that would be great. Yeah. I would love that myself. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring a little ray of sunshine into, into the world here today. But um, first off, our Red Cross has a hands-only CPR training uh, program, and it's uh, something to get people comfortable into doing hands-only CPR. Uh, they also get a little introduction to AED training. So did you did you watch the uh, the Monday night football game uh, with Buffalo where, uh, where where the player was was uh, uh, yes. had the, the incident? Yeah, I mean yes, you, I you, did, you just, and I thought, boy, you, you, I, I'm sure like you did as well, Jeff. I thought, you know what? If that was going to happen to that young man, it couldn't have happened at a better place because there were so many doctors and so many medical personnel that were there to ha- help. Exactly. Exactly. And but here's the thing: there there might be a time where you're you're by yourself or you're by with, with one other person, and having this knowledge of a hands-only CPR could save somebody's life. And you don't have to have a certification; it literally takes 15 minutes, and it's totally free, provided by the the American Red Cross. Wow! Think about what he just said, Northlanders. You could take that training for 15 minutes. And it might just be the thing to save the your your married partner's life, a child's life, somebody that you don't even know that maybe just, boom, falls down at the mall while you're there. And you might be the person that has just enough training to get them going again. That's spectacular. Now, how do you get into this program, Jeff? Uh, is there some way to contact the Red Cross to get on the list or what? How do you do this? Yep. So... For locally here, uh, you're going to call 218-722-0071 and then hit zero, and it'll go right to the voicemail for our director, Dan Williams. And then you can okay. also email Dan uh, at danwilliams, Williams, W-I-L-L-I-A-M-S, at redcross.org. Boy, that is, that, that's really a great opportunity 
And I'm sure they're just going to go through the basics of how to do it, how to clear the airwaves, those kinds of things. But a lot of us out here in this community, I mean, guys like you and I, we've had some of that training in the military, but a lot of people have had none. And it might just be the difference on somebody uh, being able to uh, hug their grandkids again or not. Exactly. And, and what, what I would say is that this course is just to get somebody comfortable in doing the, the, the bare minimum that needed, is needed to keep somebody alive. We, we, we still have yeah. the certification courses where you get a certificate for, for the training uh, that, that are available through us. Uh, but this is something to, that everybody should go through. I, I highly recommend it for everybody. And uh, just recently, uh, we've brought on uh, five nurses from the College of St. Scholastica as volunteers. These are nursing students. And they're going to be oh, training some, some of the honor guards, the, the veteran affairs honor guards throughout the state on how to do this. They asked ask for it specifically. So we, we want everybody to know that it's available and it's really something everybody should do. So in other words, if I'm listening to you right, you could take this 15-minute course, you get a little bit of training, but that might just be enough to spur you to want to take the actual full course and get certified as a CPR uh, registered person. Correct, correct. Okay. Super. Yeah, let's let's have that phone number one more time on how to get a hold or how to get yourself set up for this. Yep, it's uh, 218-722-0071 and then hit zero. Zero zero seven one and then just hit zero. Correct. Okay. Jeff, thank you very much. We look forward to these little things. There's a lot of things that uh, the Red Cross has available Uh, that can help people out. And this is definitely one of them. Boy, anybody that watched that that young man fall and the way it affected all the other, these hard, tough, professional football players uh, really made a difference. It sure did. It sure did. All right. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it very much. Yeah, thank you, Brad. Well, Kenny, uh, uh, we uh, it's that time that we have to uh, spend a little time with uh, Nicole from the Dahlberg uh, Law Firm. Uh, Nicole, he hasn't been pushing you too hard since he got back, has he? I mean, I know you uh, you got a lot of things lined up for him. You got a lot of things for him to work on, mm-hmm. uh, but he's not pushing you too hard, is he? No, not that. In fact, he is out at a house call right now, meeting with some clients um, for estate planning. And so then he's on a house call. Yes, he is. He does that occasionally for people that can't make it into the office if they're, you know, well, that's great. Yeah. So that's something that we prearrange. You know, if you call our office and tell us the circumstances and that if it's something that's doable, we certainly can do that. Um, It depends on, you know, it, it depends on the location and it depends on the situation and things like that. But in certain circumstances, yes, we do do that. So, okay. Yeah. So we've got we've got some clients coming in tomorrow and next week. So we're getting we're getting the schedule filled up for him, but there are still some openings. So please give us a call if you if you put off your estate planning. Don't don't wait six weeks like Puxatawney Phil says. There's going to be another six weeks of winter. Don't don't be like him and put everything off for another six weeks. Call us. Yeah. And at two one eight seven two two five eight zero nine. 218-722-5809 and get that process started and then we'll get you on the calendar to, to get your estate planning moving. Super. And this is again for people in both Minnesota and Wisconsin, either Absolutely. state, you can get that kind of help. 
All right. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you. We Bye-bye. look forward to talking to you again soon. Uh, but uh, Chris is back at him, working hard. Uh, Nicole had set up a lot of appointments for him while he was gone. And uh, it, it really makes no sense for you to just push it off and push it off. I know that that's, uh, you know, that's uh, something that a lot of people do. They just kind of become members of the Procrastination Club of America but just think if something happened to you in the meantime and your family had to uh, fight and deal with all of the frustrations of trying to figure out what should happen to your estate, get it done ahead of time um, and it'll be much better off. Thanks, Nicole. Um, so, Kenny, what did you think of my idea at the, la- at the end of the last hour? Have you ever heard education, ever heard a school district say, you know what? We don't want any more money for our teachers until we can prove that we're going to make a difference in your son or daughter's life. If we, as a school, let's say uh, Loma MacArthur, Loma MacArthur Elementary, if Loma MacArthur says we're going to take it on, that we're going to make up some of this lost ground uh, that, that the students here lost because they were out of school for last year and a half and they were doing virtual learning. And we found that some people, some students lost an entire grade level of reading, uh, writing, math. We're going to take it on as a school project. We're going to work hard for the next year. And if we achieve uh, X amount of an increase, 5%, 6% increase next year, then we would like to have a bonus for our teachers. Why is it you never hear that in public education? You hear about that all the time in private industry. You hear companies saying, look, uh, well, we have it in, even in our own industry. If, if our sales reps go out and they create new, count, new accounts, new uh, prospects, uh, you're going to get paid a bonus if you get to a certain level. That happens all the time in private industry. But for some reason, public education says, oh, no, we can't do that. We, we couldn't possibly guarantee you that your children are going to get a certain amount of education. Well, the reason, no. Brad, is because it's it, it makes too much common sense. What you're saying is it, it shouldn't be a novel idea, but in some ways it is. And sadly, Brad, politicians, whether they're governors or mayors or whatever level of government they're at, they've got to return a favor to not just their constituents, but those that supported them. And in this case, the teachers unions. Exactly. The teachers unions extract money from their membership in the form of dues. You know, let let me ask you, you dues. And, and I've thought of this and I've never asked you. And when I was younger, when I was going to yeah. school, when I was at Jefferson Elementary in the mid late 60s, when I get, went to Washington, I started the seventh grade at Washington Junior in 1969. Were there okay. teacher unions back then? Uh, 69, yeah, I believe there was. Were they, you know, and and, go ahead. Were they as aggressive as today? I don't think so. Okay, I was going to say, did they have the extortion uh, um, (laughs) game down like they do today? No, I don't don't think it was nearly, at least I don't remember it 
coming out as much as 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 today. You know, I just I, remember I, going I to it. going to school and learning. I remember that every day in class, I don't want to say it was drudgery, but there was no messing around. And if you oh, did no. mess around, Brad, yes, I got spanked more than once by more than one yep. teacher. I wasn't the only one, but they kept us in line. And I went home, oh, yeah. and I might have told my mom, and you know my mom might have said? Well, I hope you learned your lesson. Must have had it coming. <laughs> yeah, that, and I hope you learned your lesson. That's right. I I remember one time getting in trouble at Denfield High School, and I was living with my grandmother and grandfather. And I begged the principal at Denfield not to call my grandmother because I knew whatever discipline I got involved in at Denfeld was going to be nothing compared to what was going to happen to me when I got home. Yeah. Today, it, to, I don't think that happens. No, I mean, now uh, kids have phones and they've got videos and they're taking videos of, of fights going on in the hallways and fighting oh, yeah. teachers. And it's like, wh- what has happened to society that we allow this? And there's people on both sides. There, that's terrible. That's no, it's not. The teacher probably had to come. I mean, you can put anything on Facebook, and there's always going to be reaction on both sides. It's crazy. Oh yeah, yeah. There's no doubt about it. Did we did we get our first break in today? I think we. Well, did. yeah, we ha- we've had two hours. We haven't gotten the first break in no, this but I hour. Mean the first, I no, mean the first break in this hour. We have not. Well, then. We- Okay, we better do that. We'll be right back, folks. KDAL time is 125. I was just a little mesmerized here about some of the weather data I'm looking at here. Right now, one above at the Army Corps of Engineers, and we'll go up to the Iron Range. Six below in Eveleth, eight below at the Cook Municipal Airport. Uh, Cook Municipal, eight below. And, Brad, that's not too far from Tower, Minnesota, where 27 years ago today we set the all-time state Record low temperature, <laughs> minus 60, and it was on oh this day. Yeah, it was on this day that Duluth established a record low of 39 below. That's the second coldest temperature on record in Duluth, and the high temperature that day, February 2nd, 1996, the high temp was minus 21. Oh, my God. Isn't that something? That was the high temperature. That was the high and uh, currently, uh, Duluth is at two below. We do have a wind chill of minus 24. Yesterday, the high temperature in Duluth was 12. Normal this time of the year is 21. 10 below was our low yesterday. Two is normal. But yeah, 27 years ago, boy, I'll tell you, there was uh, a lot of cold air going on. And I still remember uh, <laughs> the weather guy, uh, what was his name? Uh, George Kessler. Remember George? Down oh, the Channel yeah, 6? I remember George. And sure. George was up by the mall, I believe. And he was live, uh, maybe their noontime or morning. I don't remember what it was. Well, it must have been in the morning. And he, he pounded a nail in a board with a banana. I remember that. And he I had a remember that. He had a jug of the uh, windshield wash solution that was slushy. Yep. And he had a quart of oil and he opened up it was a plastic container of a uh, quart of oil. And he opened it up poured and turned, out like it would it wouldn't pour. <laughs> yeah. Like... Yeah. But uh 27 years ago things were mighty chilly around here. You know, you think back to those days, and, uh, I, you know, you were talking about the weatherman. 
But I remember I just really enjoyed the sports and stuff that we had under Marsh Nelson. Uh, you know, those were those guys really cared. I mean, uh, they would go out of their way, especially with local sports. I mean, I remember a baseball team I took. I had a 14, 15-year-old baseball team that I took to regionals, and it happened to be in Buffalo, Minnesota. And we were one game away from going to the Nationals in Williamsport. Uh, and Marsh Nelson would call me, and we were in a double elimination tournament. And we lost one game in the early round, and we had to win every game, and we did. We won every game coming through the backside, and then we had to play one team and beat them twice to go to the Nationals. And we won the first game, and we lost the second game because we just ran out of pitching. But Marsh Nelson called me every game to see how we were doing. Really? Now, you, you just don't see that anymore. Mr. Sports in the Twin Ports. That's it. I worked with Marsh at Channel 3. I have fond, very fond memories of work. Well, Kenny, do you remember this uh, this Yahoo that they've uh, they've been uh, questioning that just got elected to Congress, George Santos? There's a story out about him this morning. This is the guy that uh, that they're questioning now. Uh, you know, one year he claimed he had no income at all. The next year, all of a sudden, he's a millionaire and he contributed thousands of dollars to his own campaign. And the IRS is starting to wonder now, where did this guy get the money? Well, now the story this morning is a relative of George Santos says that they never made a donation to his congressional campaign, despite the fact that they are listed on his campaign donor roster as having given him $5,800 as a donation. Mother Jones reports that the relative, who asked not to be identified, say that they are dumbfounded by campaign finance reports showing that they gave two separate donations that just happened to total the maximum amount for individual campaign contributions. In other words, somewhere George Santos was getting this money donated to him, and he was making up phony campaign contribution reports to list that his relatives were donating this money to him. Sabara Ghosh, the director of federal campaign finance reform at the Campaign Legal Center, told Mother Jones that anyone funneling money to Santos or any other campaign under other people's names, that that is flat out breaking the law and they will be brought up on charges. The, public, the publication also notes that this is far from the first instance where the nature of some of Santos's campaign donors appear to have been fabricated. So, yeah, nothing you know, I don't good. Know why nothing good is is coming from this man, is it? I mean, no, everything nothing. is just not good, and uh, yep. something needs to be done. No doubt about it.
KDAL time is 136 to below with the National Weather Service, a wind chill advisory in effect from later on today through the evening into tomorrow morning. Going to be very cold for the rest of the day and tonight, tomorrow morning. Things are going to turn around though, Brad. It's going to get very nice outside. Now, I do play this song because today is National Ukulele Day, and this song features a ukulele from the band R.E.M., Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Ukulele. Yes. Uh, yeah. Hey, you said we had some breaking news. What have we got going on? We do have breaking news. Uh, Tom Robick just stepped into the studio. The medallion has been found. Has been found. Wow. Yes. Midwest Communications, the 2023 Twin Ports Great Medallion Hunt is over. Julie now, Johnson. Person- Julie Johnson found the medallion at Washington Square Park out in the Lakeside neighborhood. Oh, sure. And she is going to be coming in here and uh, barring any uh, disqualifications. I don't know why, but we have to verify things. She will win the Can-Am Outlander 450 ATV from Duluth uh, Lawn and Sport and $5,000 cash from Fond Duluth Casino. Nice. Yeah, so I see a picture here of a bunch of cash from Fond Duluth and a Duluth Lawn and Sport ATV. She's one lucky gal. Julie Johnson has found the medallion, so stop looking for it. Yeah, don't don't continue to look. It's been found. That's great news. That's really nice. It is. And and what a great uh, thing for her. I, I wonder what gave her the clue that took her over the top. It'll be interesting to find out. Yeah, so well, there, listen, there is, there's more uh, than that, though, and I'm trying to do this and send things to you. And uh, we do have a couple of callers on the phone. First up is uh, Old Timer Rod. Okay. Good afternoon, Rod. How are you doing? Just fine, thank you. I got a couple of statements to make. Walls, okay. Walls, he... Uh, he actually signed signs a bill to kill babies, children. And then there's yes. a bunch of young women, young and old women, standing behind him clapping. Where in the world are their morals? And then he, then the next day he's over in Duluth at a public school in the elementary, and he's brainwashing those children and the public at how great he is. Now, what a, what a two-faced individual is he? It's, it just it just makes me sick the kind of people we have in our government, and then and then they won't even help old people by cutting the tax on Social Security. We're struggling. No, well, oh no, people no. are struggling out there, and they will they're fighting against take, uh, the tax on Social Security. And now you said earlier that they're going to raise the price of of uh, the licenses on on vehicles and i'm driving a 17 year old van and uh you know now they're going to start raising the price i i can't afford to buy and and uh and it it, to be honest uh, to be honest rod to be honest rod for you it may not affect you if your vehicle is 17 years old you're probably not going to see an increase but what they're doing is they're they're jacking it up on any new vehicle uh, they're taking the the fee that they're charging is going from a a fee that was based on a hundred percent of the manufacturer's retail price, and they're raising it to a hundred and sixty percent of the manufacturer's retail price. 
I mean, it's just astronomical. And this is in a state, like you say, Ron, uh, where we've got $17 billion in surplus. When are we ever going to be able to get a break? I don't think we will in this state. But you're right. You know, when you look at this abortion bill, it is just radical, way over the top. They, the Republican Party fought for, I think they said, 15 hours bringing up uh, amendment after amendment, trying to change the bill, at least some uh, allowing for care to the newborn if if the baby happened to live through the abortion process to offer health care. No, the Democrats didn't even want that. Walls wouldn't even allow any of that stuff to happen. So there's an agenda here that is way, way to the to the left. And it's uh it it's gonna hurt everybody, I think, in in the state of Minnesota because as I said, it it might sound like it's frivolous but we had this uh we had this common knowledge that people in Minnesota were looked at as Minnesota nice well it's not going to be that way anymore not when you're not when you're killing babies as they're being born you know simply because the mother at the last minute decides yeah I don't want to have that ah, that's going to be too much work to raise that child well give it give it to somebody that is begging for a child Kenny, you said we had a second caller. Do we have Jeff from Superior? We do. Well, I got to tell you, you have a lot of balls in the air. Like they say in a circus to the jugglers, <laughs> you're, you're, you're keeping everything going. It's amazing the topics you cover. I am calling today because I want to express an opinion on a topic you brought up earlier because I know you served on the Duluth School Board, right? Yes, I did. Yes. Yeah. And in 1994, 30 years ago, I ran... I walked down one side of Park Point, and I walked back the other, campaigning door-to-door when I ran for the Duluth School Board, and some of the topics yep. are still relevant today. One of them is charter sure. schools. I'm glad we have competition in education. Uh, parents have a choice, and if they want to send their kids, for example, to Catholic school or private school, they can use vouchers now, I believe. Yeah. So, and when well, you look at, I, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I, I don't think you can use uh, state money necessarily. We haven't gotten to that point of vouchers yet, but you can send your school, you can send your children there. Uh, and in some cases, there are some funds that come through like food services and stuff like that that are spread out to the other, to the private schools. Well, if you're interested in exploring this topic in America, because Different communities have different, like what's going on in Florida as a whole. You oh, yeah, it's a totally but different wanna, thing. Yeah, and I want to bring your attention to what's going on in Chicago. Paul Vallis, former superintendent of schools there, is running for mayor against Lori Lightfoot. And Chicago is changing its policy from appointed members of the school board, where they'll all be elected in a couple of years. So in the next few years, Chicago is going to, it's a huge it's going to be a big. That's going uh, to make circuit. a big difference. Yeah. Won't it? yeah. Oh yeah. And and I'm very concerned about parents having control over uh, how their what their children are learning and how they're being taught. So uh, I don't have kids myself, but I'm very concerned about it because I think the future of our country is is uh, you know nestled in the hearts of uh, children, and we need to teach. Yes the founding of our country and the, what the founding fathers intended, even though they were slave owners, they made sacrifices. And I believe America is the greatest country on earth. So I think we need to teach that. 
Well, Jeff, something that uh, Kenny uh, Kenny and I were talking just a little bit ago, and Kenny brought up the fact that uh, the kids just don't get disciplined anymore in school. And the, I'm I, as I was at the break, as our last break, I'm watching television here, and they've got a huge big story going about the huge increase in juvenile crime in America. And they were talking about one of the reasons for it is because there's no more discipline in the public school system, that these are kids that are going to public schools, and especially in areas like you talked about down in Chicago, the teachers down there, before they would discipline a a student down there, they'd just as soon ram their head into the wall because they know that these kids, many of them, especially in the low-income minority areas, all belong to gangs. And if a teacher would discipline a kid, that, that gang is going to come back to haunt that teacher. So we've, yeah, you're right, we've got to get, some, we've got to get some, some control back in our educational process and in just how children are being disciplined, not only in the schools but in the families. Um, we can't have the kids running the asylum yeah, and I heard a forum the other day among the mayoral candidates in Chicago, and there are creative ideas for children under 18, other things they can be doing to occupy their time so they don't get involved in those gangs. But I'm I'm probably like you. I believe that after you graduate from a public high school, you should put two years of public service, of volunteer service, either you join the military or you, you help out in a nursing home or do community. For two years, they should do volunteer work. Uh, in, for our country. I think we need to do what some European nations do so those kids can grow yeah. into adults. I agree with you 100%. I had a, yeah. a, a Swedish foreign exchange student when my kids were in high school, and that's what happened to him. He went back, and he was so proud uh, to let me know, because, of course, I'd been in the military, that he joined the military for two years. But he said, said uh, Brad, I, I, I didn't have to. I could have gone and done public service. I could have worked in a hospital. There's a lot of things I could have done. But Sweden requires you right out of high school to do two years of public service. And I think you're absolutely right. That makes a huge difference. Well, we're going to run right across the hall uh, to Wade, who is hanging on the other line. Thank you for your call, Jeff. Wade, what's on your mind today? Well, what's a reputable newspaper to you? Give me a name of one, Brad. Um, St. Paul Pioneer Press. Okay, well, one that you would trust, whatever their headline is, yeah? So, yeah, I would say St. Paul, maybe, yeah. Which headline would you believe, do you think that America would believe more? That aliens have landed or that the rapture happened? (laughs) I I think more Americans would believe that aliens had landed. (laughs) They actually did a a survey, and you are correct. (laughs) That's what's wrong with America, right there in a nutshell. Isn't, isn't that something? Well, and and Wade, I was reading, I was reading a deal the other night that some of the biggest, uh, most successful programs on cable TV right now are shows like My Six Hundred Pound Sister, uh, the Housewives of Basketball Stars. I mean. 
Yeah. People are watching crazy, nutty, ridiculous things. Dr. Paul. And, 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 and my wife and I, you know what we watch? We, we watch reruns like uh, Lost and Twin Peaks and, you know. Yeah. <laughs> nothing good new on, you know. Guns no, there, <laughs> there, there really is not a lot, uh, a lot good on. You're absolutely right. But when it gets back to these children, Wade, and the, and schooling, there are simple things that really do work. And I remember seeing a, a show on 60 Minutes here a few years ago about that woman in, uh, I think she was from New York, a black female teacher, uh, that one of the school systems in New York was so bad that she came to the district with an idea of taking a school and turning it into a charter public school where she said, you got to let me run this school. I'm going to put the kids in uniforms. I'm going to discipline them. Um, and we're going to see if it makes a difference. And I expect you to support me. And the school district said, you know what? Everything else is so out of control. We'll do it. She had kids. This was an elementary school, of course. She had kids line up to go into the class uh, at the beginning of each hour or at the beginning of each day, the kids would line up. They had to wear just simple white shirts, dark pants, nothing too expensive. And they would dis- the teachers were allowed to discipline the students to keep them after to do extra work. The amount of educational achievement that happened from one year to the next was astronomical. It was really something special. Well, listen, we got to take our Minnesota news break. I thank you all for calling in. We'll be right back to wrap this baby up shortly. KDAL time is 155. We are back eight below in Ely. And yesterday, Brad, I had reported that uh, Ely had... <laughs> I've, I've got people in the uh, studio here. I don't know what's going on. Uh, Carla, are you coming on here? Or uh, Wade? <laughs> or, or, uh, are people, in, uh, people invading our studio? Hi, Carla. <laughs> hi. We just thought we'd stop by. Oh, well, I want to say hi to Carla. Can I say hi to Carla? You, gotta, you can say hi to Carla, but Carla's going to have to put that headset on there because you're going to have to wear that to talk to Brad. Real quickly, Brad, we have to announce the medallion has been found. Midwest Communications Twin Ports Medallion Hut is over 18 days. 18 days, and we've wow. got a winner, so stop looking for the medallion. Carla, are you there? Uh, she's she's working it here. We've got an IT uh, okay. guy in here to fix the headset. Oh, right. Eight below well, in Ely, let's... and I told you the other day that the Ely Airport weather reporting had gone offline. Yeah, it came, it back, it came back yesterday at 3 p.m., so it's back. Eight below in Ely right now, and uh, Carla's wow. got a headset on. We've got a microphone Right there, and there you are. Okay. Carla, I I miss you uh, immensely. How are you? Well, I miss you too. (laughs) Gee, I'm real good. How are you doing? I'm doing real well. I miss seeing your smiling face (laughs) and your professionalism around there. You know, Carla McCauley was, you you know, she was on the air for many, many years, and now she kind of helps run our office, and she keeps uh, everything working really, really well. You do a beautiful job. Well, thank you, Brad. And what is the temperature there? Well, right now I'm looking at my temperature gauge. It's 82 and sunny. I'm watching people... (laughs) 
I'm on the 17th green of a golf course is where we live, and I'm watching people coming by okay. on their little golf carts okay, okay. playing golf. Oh, Enough. Boy. Yeah, 82 degrees. 82. That's 84 degrees warmer than us right is now. Is that all? <laughs> <laughs> You're going to come back and visit in Duluth? Oh, in the summer, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what a dumb question. <laughs> oh, well, it's so nice to talk to you. I heard you on an ad the other day, and I thought, that's Carla McCauley. That, oh, that's great. Well, maybe wedding day or something like that. Well, yeah, well, nice talking to you, Brad. Have a good yes. weekend. <laughs> you as well. Thank you. You as well. Well, Kenny, we got to wrap this baby up. Uh, tomorrow, I'm going uh, to cover a little bit of a story that I held back today. But I'm going to tell people, if you've got a chance to get a hold of a copy of the Star Tribune today, there's a letter, well, it's an editorial, it's actually an editorial written by former state senator Tom Bach from up on the range. And it is great. you got to try to get a hold of this. I will cover it tomorrow. It's called Mining Ban Undermines a Greener Future. And it really... Uh, lays it all out how what we're doing in Minnesota by by banning the mining of copper and nickel is actually going to cost us dearly in trying to greenify ourselves because we're not going to have the materials we need and we're actually going to give that to the Chinese to do. So have a great day. Try to stay warm. Uh, Carla, nice to talk to you. And uh, Kenny, we'll see you tomorrow morning.